Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode. I stuttered because I was about to say another huge episode. I guess we've done huge episodes in the past. This one's but, pretty huge. Uh, this one's pretty huge. Anyway, this intro is getting away from me. What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping James Gunn and Peter Safran's plan for the DCU from Gotham City to Metropolis to Themyscira to a Louisiana swamp and the 25th century and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, what's up now is the video for anybody who's actually watching us, uh, but also a heck of a lot of news because, well, it finally happened. It did happen. It's he, <laughs> it's it's he like the old M and M's commercial. It does exist. Yeah, he, they do exist. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't lie. He said it was coming in January. Yeah, he waited till the absolute last day of January to do it. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it happened. We've been talking about it for weeks, but um, James Gunn and Peter Safran apparently met with members of the press yesterday on the Warner Brothers studio lot. And they didn't even invite us? I can't believe it. I can't believe we didn't get a press invite <laughs> for that. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next announcement. There you go. Um, media outlets were told that they could uh, drop their information at noon uh, Eastern Standard Time today, which they did, 9 o'clock uh Central, or sorry, not Central, um, Pacific time. Uh, and at that time, 12 o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time, um, James Gunn posted a six-minute-ish video of himself uh, introducing each project and talking his way through them um, as well. Obviously, like, the media outlets, Hollywood Reporter was the first article that I read. Um, they got a lot... They those articles are more in depth than a six minute video based on things that were said at the meeting yesterday at Warner brothers. Um, so we're going to kind of run through everything <laughs> that was talked about, <laughs> including um, what his, you know, their thoughts on the state of the current universe, um, why they wanted to do it or how they, how they see it going, their plans for not only the projects that they want to do, but also like the projects that are already done that are coming out or being finalized. Um, we're going to kind of run through everything and then talk about everything that is actually happening. Um, they announced 10 films and 10 uh, TV shows, TV series. And, they made it clear that this was only part of the announcement. This was not everything. And I got to say, 10 projects, Steve, I think that's way more than it's way more than I was think. I, I thought we we're going to get maybe five. Yeah, I, I didn't thought think they we were going to go get... 10 polls and that was about it. And maybe yeah. like a couple things filling in the gaps. They they went everything down to, you know, what seems to be relatively minor animation. So yeah, it was yes. comprehensive. Yeah, like I, like you like you just said, you know, we did our predictions, um, you know, on Sunday's episode, and most of our predictions were like a list kind of stuff. And I think we mentioned maybe that we think we're going to get one random wild card right. thing. We got a we got a couple. Right, <laughs> we got a couple. Yeah, I think we called like one James Gunny thing. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, and we got yeah. at least two to three of those. Right. One of think. which he's writing and already uh, has written. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it's already in production. Um, so 
we were kind of, we we got some things right in our predictions yeah. i got to say and we got some things right in a way that you could interpret them as being kind of correct i'd say we take um, it as a win yeah um and we got some things i mean we just had no idea that certain things would be uh would be mentioned so anyway let's dive into uh i don't know kind of like overhead thoughts gun came out to and spoke to the press I, anyway all, all the information that we're about to run through, I should give credit to. Um, it's taken from either the six-minute video that James Gunn posted himself, the Hollywood Reporter breakdown of this news, and an, a media outlet called Above the Line, um, which is uh, an outlet I've been following um, more closely lately. I think they do a pretty good job. So uh, all the information is like kind of amalgamed, and I kind of organize it in a certain way, whatever, so we could talk through it. But those are the three sources that all this information is coming from. Um, so check those out if you want to, uh, you know, fact check me, <laughs> I guess. So oh, uh, that's why you went to above the line, Snyder. Yeah, uh-huh. our uh, uh, scooper that we <laughs> like, uh, yep. Jeff Snyder. Um, I think it's his um, outlet, and he's got it kind of up and running, and. Um, yeah, they do really good stuff, and I trust that guy. So, um, you know, you go with the people you trust, right, Steve? Absolutely. So, apparently, Gunn pretty much blatantly addressed the troubled history of Warner Brothers films when it comes to their DC intellectual properties. Um, and he said the following, I know there's been a lot of hitches, a lot of problems, but comic books are in my blood. These characters are in my blood. <laughs> he was very candid oh, uh, he was not holding back as you will see from the following sentence we all know it's been a fucked up road for many of them over the past few years it's a challenge but there's a chance to do something really wonderful the history has been shit but it it's been a fucked up journey they meaning warner brothers were giving out intellectual property to creatives who smiled at the people in charge and then the people in charge didn't even really have any power we have a lot to prove so really coming yeah. out guns blazing and blaming the previous uh, um, previous people in charge of Warner Brothers for screwing up, which I, I agree with. I think it's yeah. largely their fault for either trusting filmmakers, trusting maybe a certain filmmaker too much or not trusting their filmmakers at all, being very reactionary. Yeah, it was um, very pendulum swingy. Like they went from yep. one extreme to the other Yeah, when... You know, it, neither neither was the right maneuver. Exactly. Yep. Um, and he, you know, addressing that and uh, saying that he knows that we have a lot to prove. He he, he says so. I he knows that and he yep. is conscious of that. And uh, it's good to know that that's kind of going to be something that's informing his um, his plans here. Um, oh, he, did, he did. Yeah, I was going to say he did. Uh, kind of confirmed something that we had thought about and bandied about a couple of times and it seems like they're using the DC Elseworlds banner as a very big very big piece to keep some of the continuities they want to going so they announced specifically the Batman, Joker and Teen Titans Go Um, all three things that well two of three things that we 100% wanted more of and then the Joker which I haven't seen (laughs) yet so I really don't have any oh yeah uh, opinion on, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so they announced they'll be under Elseworlds. Uh, also, the J.J. Uh, Abrams, Tanasi Coates, Black Superman film is still in development. So that was a shock. Yeah, I did uh, not expect that. That was that was kind of going the way of a lot of those projects. You're like, oh, we're really excited about this, and it's going nowhere. Great. Yeah. 
but yeah, apparently it's still still churning back there. So good, I'm yeah. down for that. Um, um, no, go ahead. Oh no, I I was just umming. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I love that they're using the Elseworlds banner because it's a specifically it's from the comics. Elseworlds was kind of DC's version of the what if Marvel what if storyline. Elseworlds are stories that take place outside of the main continuity. They don't really use it too much anymore because there's just so many stories that are maybe in or maybe out or whatever, you know, so it's not something that you hear all the time, but it certainly is a recognizable phrase amongst DC fans. Um, And I really like that they specifically mentioned Teen Titans Go just because it's my son's favorite show. And yep. it's like so fun. It's so like out there and it's popular. It's been on for like seven years. So seven seasons or whatever. So to just to dump that just for the sake of continuity would seem silly because it, that's like a, it's like a Looney Tunes show, you know, like there's no real continuity to that show. It's in itself. So right. it seems wild that they would get rid of that. Um, oh, along those, didn't. Uh, sorry, it just spurned uh, something that happened tonight. Uh, we've officially started the Batman and Scooby-Doo mysteries in this house. Oh, nice! So, Congratulations! And, uh, and and my son was extremely excited about it. So awesome! Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Those are great. I hope you guys like them a lot. Yep. Um. Uh. The. Uh, oh, I also. I they didn't specify. They didn't specify this, but I mean, unless it's getting canceled and it's pretty popular, but I assume like the Harley Quinn show would also be under the Elseworlds yeah. banner yeah, moving stuff forward like that. If, if it continues. I mean, hell, um, even even any of the HBO stuff if it continues or doesn't. Although, are we down to anything left besides Harley Quinn? The only other thing that would be left that I can think of is Superman and Lois. Mm, Yeah. The CW show. Right. Which I know is also very popular. It's gotten three seasons. It's one of the most watched things on HBO Max. Didn't we talk about that a couple weeks ago on the pod, how popular it is? So um, I can see them saving that, uh, maybe turning it into an HBO Max exclusive, but then... Is that too much Superman? Like, you know, who knows? Now, is that know. Um, that's part of like the standard CW Arrowverse con- continuity type, or is that? I think. Separate? I mean, I think technically that show takes place on a different Earth, but mm. is within that Arrowverse continuity. It's spun out of that right. Arrowverse, um, but put itself on a different world, so they didn't have to deal with Arrow All Flash stuff. Legends yeah. continuity there. Um, but Peter Safran said that the bar is very high. Uh, for projects uh, to exist outside of their continuity, but admitted that it's possible that things could come up that are just, you know, great that they want to do, that, you know, too good to pass up kind of thing. Um, but it's not going to be, you know, it's seemingly the majority of DC stuff will be part of their continuity, this one big story that they keep talking about. Um, uh, they both praised the upcoming slate of DC films, uh, Shazam 2, The Flash, uh, P- uh, James Gunn, uh, called The Flash one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen. Um, he also uh, mentioned Blue Beetle being fantastic and Aquaman too. He said of The Flash, he said the, besides it being excellent, he said The Flash will reset the entire DCU. Came right out and said that. That's something that we've been theorizing about for forever. Yeah. Um, uh, now is confirmed. Uh, and he also said... In talking about these, he did say Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom, will lead directly into what they're planning for the DCU. So that's not like a hard no. And when asked about any of those actors uh, from those films carrying on in his DCU, he said there is nothing that is preventing that from happening. 
So I guess it's still kind of a question mark as to whether or not um, some of these characters will move on. Right. Uh, I still think the most likely one is uh, the cast of Blue Beetle because that it, they, I think they mentioned that that is its own. It's not it's not really connected to like the Snyder DCU or other DC films right now. So it could be in whatever continuity. That seems like the easiest yeah. would could, be the easiest one to move on. Could spin it however they need to. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, though his his statement about Aquaman leading directly into pl- what they're planning that almost makes that Momoa news I don't more confusing because yes. if Aquaman is directly tied to what's happening in the DCU yeah is it's not like you're going to take that and then, then be like oh yeah and that Aquaman is no longer Aquaman here's another guy when we have that Aquaman and want to work with him Exactly. And it makes me think like, I'm sure they could figure out a way to do whatever, but I, it almost makes me think like when he said leads directly into, does he mean that like that comes out in December and our thing comes out in January or whatever, you know, like it, like, uh, just timetable wise leads direct, you know, um, uh, you know, it's just like the thing before the next thing it subsequently will lead us to the next thing. Um, or does it mean like plot-wise and universe-wise? Who knows? And I guess that remains to be seen. Um, but speaking of returning actors, uh, he did touch on a number of them. Uh, we, You and I predicted that we would hear a confirmation on whether or not Gal Gadot is coming back. And we did not get one. We were wrong about that. Gunn said that he and Peter Safran have spoken to Gal Gadot. And while she is willing to return as Wonder Woman, they're not sure if that will happen or even when, or, or if it will happen or when it will happen, if it right. does. So that's still up in the air, apparently, right now. Uh, as far as Henry Cavill, someone asked him about firing Henry Cavill, and he said, we didn't fire Henry. Henry was never cast, which is true. Yep. They did not cast Henry Cavill. The Rock you know, went around a bunch of people's heads and uh, got him to be at the end of Black Adam, but he was never cast in anything by James Gunn and Peter Safran, and that's not his fault <laughs> right. um, at all. Um, he went on to say, I like Henry. I think he's a great guy. I think this is another, uh, blatant, uh, admission of the previous, right. uh, regime. And this is a direct said, quote I, from him. <laughs> a direct f- quote from James Gunn. I like Henry. I think he's a great guy. I think he's getting dicked around a lot by a lot of people, including the former regime at this company. Damn. Yeah. Uh, but this Superman is not Henry for a number of reasons. And I think those reasons will be clearer as we get more information on uh, the Superman movie that he's writing. Um, As far as Jason Momoa, he clarified that, as James Gunn clarifying that Jason Momoa will not play two roles. So they'll revisit that conversation after Aquaman 2 comes out. I'm I'm pretty sure they will revisit it. What's that? I'm just picturing him in like fish costume and then having to run over to the trailer get Lobo like pasted onto his face and then yeah. running back out and yeah yeah he seems smart enough to know that that's a bad idea you know, like coming out like he's not going to do both right um and like that's the only quote that I could find he said Jason will not play two roles but like I don't know what the question was was the question is he going to play Lobo like right how is this framed and was did he say it in a way that led towards him playing Lobo or led towards him playing Aquaman? I, I don't know. I wasn't in that room. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're going to revisit that conversation before Aquaman 2 comes out, but we just won't hear anything about it until after Aquaman 2 comes out, depending on what happens in Aquaman 2. Maybe he dies. Right. You know, who knows? 
and we get Aqualad or whatever, you know, like uh, a new Aquaman steps up. Who knows? Yeah. Zachary Levi. This is something that kicked up this week. So it was, you know, I think I we I probably would have talked about it Sunday, but I didn't. I missed it until um, like Sunday night, Monday morning. I didn't realize. Apparently, Zachary Levi responded to somebody on Twitter. Someone asked him about if they thought if he thought Pfizer was like an evil company or something or if, if Pfizer was evil. And he said yes. And a lot of people took that to mean he was anti-vax. Because like we associate Pfizer with the Pfizer company. It's a big company. Yeah, exactly. So he has not come out to clarify anything, I think, which is also making people think that they're right right about it, him being an anti-vaxxer comparisons to Letitia Wright and all the stuff that we, you know, we're saying about her. We meaning the fan base, not just you and me. (laughs) Um, uh, So anyway, I mean, I'll go on the the record thinking or saying that Pfizer isn't a great company. But no, I think it's a you can stab company, me in the arm as many times as you want. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy yeah, with that. you can keep COVID out of my body as best you yeah. want, best you can. But yeah, um, uh, so regarding the recent possible anti-vaxxer controversy, um, James Gunn said actors, filmmakers that I work with are going to say things um, that I don't agree with. Oh, sorry. They're going to say things that I agree with and things that I don't agree with. I can't be changing my plans all the time because an actor says something that I don't agree with. At the same token, if someone is doing something that is morally reprehensible, that's a different story. And we have to take that into account. So I think he's... Which segues nice into the next person we're going to talk about. It sure does segue nice into Ezra Miller. Um, I think he's on... I think that's a good way to go. You know, um, it's not like, you know, Marvel didn't fire Letitia Wright for being publicly anti-vax um, and that movie turned out fine. So, you know, sometimes depends, you know, there's a sliding scale of, you know, cancelable right. uh, actions. And well, just Like you said, you know. if it's, if it's something that, you know, uh, yes, do I, do I agree you should be anti-vax? No, not at all. Right. Do I care enough for you to lose your job for some reason over it? Also, no. Also, no. Um, but as you said, leading into Ezra Miller, Peter Safran said this about Ezra Miller. Ezra is completely committed to their recovery. We are fully supportive of that journey they are on right now. When the time is right, when they are ready to have that discussion, we will all figure out the best path forward. But right now they are completely focused on their recovery. And in our conversations with them in the last couple of months, it feels like they are making enormous progress. So it's kind of a non-answer, right. but it's also accurate. I hope it's, I mean, I hope it's accurate and, um, and that that's because that's the best thing for them to be doing right now for Ezra Miller to be doing is taking care of themselves, yeah. um, getting mentally healthy again. And I don't know, I get it. Like, you know, we talked about it all depends on how well the flash does, if it does great. And Ezra Miller has gotten back into a place where they can enter society and not be a danger to it, you know? Right then maybe it's all right. There's going to be people, no matter what, there's going to be people, people that don't ever forgive Ezra Miller or can't look past past behavior. That's just, um, they're going to have to weigh that, you know, like they said, when the time comes. So um, uh, so I think that's kind of a smart move for them as well. So moving towards, we're almost there, guys. We're almost there. Hold on, listeners. We're almost <laughs> to the good stuff. We're almost to the good stuff. Actually, I think all this is really good stuff too. So I, I think dis- it very much is on the the global like what is being planned um mm-hmm. yeah the i guess the fact they have a plan 
that's that's the biggest thing this is giving us is yeah. some sort of confidence that they actually have a roadmap for what they're doing. And they're not taking it lightly right. at all. He talked about how like a big responsibility he understands. He he said he said something. I didn't put this in the rundown, but he said it's something like it's it's not just a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's a one time opportunity. Like right. I'm the first and only person that will be able to do this for the first time. You know. Yeah. Um. So he says like, how could I say no to that? So in talking about their approach for the new DCU, so that was all like the the past stuff, right? Um, past and uh, uh, not too distant future leading into their DCU. So uh, getting into their plans for their story and their slate, he said they're putting a big emphasis on, I, I, from, from everything that I read, they're putting a big emphasis on storytelling and screenwriting, which I think is great. Uh, he said a team of writers is already working, um, referring to them as like the architects of their DCU. He is excited about Quote, seeing seemingly incongruent things come together. Which I under which I totally get because that's comics. That's like and it's it's phase one of the MCU leading into Avengers. Like we were all asking, like, how are they gonna make Captain America, you know, or how do they go make Iron Man, which is very science-based, work with Thor, which is like mythology-based. But the fun of that is figuring that out and seeing those two characters interact and clash, but also at the same time complement each other in certain ways. So like I like that he is focused on that specifically, like seemingly incongruent things coming together, like making, how do you, how do you solve that puzzle? How do you bring these two things together in a way that fits together? He wanted to say, it's not the gun verse, like James Gunn universe. It's not mm -hmm. the gun verse. It's not, it's got to be all these different feels from all these different stories. That's what makes it so fun. The stories are completely different and each has the individual expression of the writers and the director that are making those product projects. But we're not stupid. Not every filmmaker is going to be happy because if someone is doing something that isn't working, we're going to be honest. So uh, I really like this statement because he seems to recognize what is what makes superhero team ups fun. They don't they're not all the same. They don't feel the same. They don't act the same. Um, and he seems to be prioritizing the vision of specific writers and directors that are in charge of these movies, but also saying, I'm not going to be afraid to tell somebody, you know, to fire somebody or to tell someone they have to start over if something's not going to work out. Um, it really speaks to like a focus on quality more than anything else. I feel like. Yeah. It, that, I guess it's something that hasn't been there before. Like, yeah, I don't know. the The storytelling has kind of always been the part that's been lacking. They haven't been lacking in the big flashy stuff. It's always been, um, well, I, I mean, the previous regime. This whole thing started because they're trying to play catch up with Marvel and they're trying right. to rush things. So yes, they weren't thinking about it. They were just they weren't thinking about it as yeah. They weren't they weren't worried about a good story. There's like whatever story that's going to make us a billion dollars throw mm -hmm. up onto the screen. And they did that. They but did that a few times. How many times, times you can milk that cow? I don't know. Uh, they found out. Yeah. <laughs> they found That's out, true. I think, three. Uh, <laughs> three is the number? See, if we're counting, I mean, Man of Steel was okay. That did, like, okay business box right. office-wise, and it got okay reviews. Batman Superman, great box office, but that was, like, a thing where they're just like, yeah, throw up any completely nonsensical plot and, you know, 
did, and it made a bunch of money. Suicide Squad, throw up any non-sensational, non, you know, uh, any plot that doesn't make sense, and it made a bunch of money. Yep. And then, ooh, Justice League, mm-hmm. that did not make a bunch of money with a plot that made no sense. So the three times, I think, is the amount of time. Well, I guess twice. <laughs> you do it successfully twice. Third time, not the charm. Um. Uh, anyway, so speaking of the writers that they're working with, he's got some really good ones. Um, Aren't you a little short his, for a stormtrooper? Is our theme music playing again? It was. Okay. <laughs> I got. I was like, who's talking? Is my wife down here? Yeah. What's going on? Um. Uh, he's got some really good writers already attached, and uh, he doesn't really say specifically what they're all working on. He mentioned later. We'll find out two what two of them are working on but um he didn't mention all of them but and the writers that he has attached to his dc universe are himself obviously we know he's writing the superman movie tom king mm-hmm. comic book writer extraordinaire which we'll uh talk about in a little bit uh which we thought that was a theory i had talked about that on a previous episode that i saw tom king mentioning he's working on quote unquote hollywood stuff and i thought well, i was like well he's a dc Exact, uh, exclusive writer, so he's probably working on uh, James Gunn stuff, and I was right. Um, so Tom King, Crystal Henry was one of the writers of the HBO Watchmen series. Heyo. Uh, Christina Hodson, who is very experienced in the DC universe, she wrote Birds of Prey, she wrote the unreleased Batgirl, and she wrote The Flash, which is apparently one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. So right. uh, good to keep her around. Uh, Jeremy Slater, who's a writer on Umbrella Academy and Moon Knight. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Carver, who is the head writer and showrunner of Doom Patrol. So keeping him in-house, which is also great. And Drew Goddard, who is uh, a well-known writer in nerddom. He has written for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Daredevil, created the show, the Netflix Daredevil show, uh, Cabin in the Woods, and Cloverfield. So Yeah, that's um, a decent track record. Yeah, he knows his way around uh, a nerdy genre, that guy. So I don't know what he's working on, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we could speculate. (laughs) I don't know what he's working on, but I want to see it. But I am dying to see it, yes. I mean, who who would DC's Daredevil be? Batman. That, that, that's kind of where I was like, well, <laughs> Probably it's Batman. kind of Batman, but not. But yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a close. I mean, street level city. Um, I mean, no powers, but. Right. I don't know. Maybe. It's like, like, it's like Iron Man and Daredevil just split. Like Batman split into those yes. two. That's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Um, so anyway, okay, now we're getting into it. We're getting into right. the slate here. Here's the, the meat. Here's the meat. Thank you for paying attention to us for this long. Or maybe just skip to this. Maybe Steve can put the time code if you don't care about everything else. So they're referring to this as chapter one. You know, Marvel has phases. Apparently we're going to have chapters over here at DC. Chapter one is called Gods and Monsters, which I love. Love that title. Um, Peter Safran said, Chapter 1 tells cohesive stories that highlight love, compassion, and the innate goodness of the human spirit, all designed to minimize audience confusion and maximize audience engagement across platforms. I like that. 
Um, and one of the articles I read specifically said that they talked about, of course, you know, like if they're doing a Superman movie and they're doing like, you know, whatever, another movie over here, Superman might show up, but they want to make sure that people aren't confused if they haven't seen the Superman movie or if they haven't, you know, they want, of course, like some confusion or some things is inevitable because they're, it's a one story, but they're going to do their best to eliminate that. So he says, minimize audience confusion, I think is great because that's something I talk about with Marvel all the time. Like, I feel like it's almost impossible now for Marvel to get new, uh, MCU to get the MCU, not the books, Marvel, but like the MCU Marvel to attract new fans. Cause like, Oh yeah, this movie's coming out. It's going to be great, but you need to watch 30 other movies and six TV shows, right. you know, like that's a lot. There's I feel like, love. um, they need more entry points. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, Gods and Monsters, Chapter 1. Now, uh, they emphasize that these projects are only part of Chapter 1, not all of Chapter 1. So we have more coming down the pike at some point. Split this up into, we mentioned they announced five movies and five TV shows. So we're going to talk about the movies first and then the TV shows. Movies, not surprising, Superman. The title is Superman Legacy. And this is the only... A new movie announced that has a date, and that date is July 11th. I wrote 15th for some reason, but I know it's the 11th, 2025. So we got some time to wait, but I think it's going to be worth it. I think it's going to be worth it mm-hmm. um, because, as you know, we've talked about Marvel a lot lately. In a you know, we talk about Marvel positively all the time, but we have also recently talked about them in a negative way, where we think they're rushing and they're trying to curb too much and too little amounts of time like if you need two years to make a great superman movie then take two years and give Mm -hmm. me a great superman movie that's i don't need it next year plus very excited by the fact that i feel like assuming this movie's gonna be pg-13 um i'll buy two years from now i'll be able to take my eight-year-old son to a pg-13 superman movie and that makes me excited (laughs) that he'll get to see a superman movie in the theater um because he loves superman so anyway, we know this movie is being written by James Gunn. He hasn't decided if he's going to direct it or not. I am pretty sure he will. Um, he told a story about how he was a kind of like a bit of a, he referred to himself as like a messed up kid. And um, his dad made an effort to bond with him over comics to kind of bring him out of his shell a little bit. And that worked. And you know, he told us, said he remembered walking in on his dad reading a Superman comic book by himself. Um, and that really like cemented their relationship. So I feel like if he told that story, that makes me think that he is going to jump on the, uh, the, the, uh, the chance to you know, like introduce a new Superman. Clearly this character means a lot right. to him personally and he's writing it, but um, they also talked about how this is like, this isn't the first thing that's going to come out. It's like the third project that will hit. It's the first movie of their DCU that will hit, but it is, uh, the it's look, it, they're going to make it like the template for look and feel and style. And like, this is what our DCU is. Yeah. Um, it's really the flagship, which it should be because it's Superman. No. So <clears throat> knowing that it seems like if he, if it's his, if it's their plan, it seems like he will want to be the one to direct that and establish that tone and establish whatever right. they're going to be establishing with that movie. Yeah. 
Now, did you hear in anything that they announced, like what runs they're looking at with this, or if it's going to be something unique, or um, you know, they is it going to be All Star Superman, not... or is it going to be something separate? Um, I he didn't say if it's in a straight adaptation of anything. He mentioned how, um, well, like Peter Safran said, it's not an origin story. He said it focus. This is a quote from Peter Safran says it focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. He is the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. He is kindness in a world that thinks kindness is old fashioned. So that last description, I think is the way all of us have wanted Superman movies to be yeah. <laughs> for a long time and they haven't been um, like I think all uh, Superman fans and or comic Superman fans breathed a sigh of relief reading that now you mentioned specific arcs to read I was actually thinking that I should do like an Instagram series of like so, like Superman legacy you should read these books you know yeah. something like like what you just said uh, so look out for that maybe I'll do that if I uh feel motivated Ooh. to you know we could um, go back and forth with this because i could you know I'll yeah throw, we could you, do that we you should, throw some dc stuff that. together i'll throw some marvel stuff together yeah literally for any uh yeah. superhero movie you and i could figure out a way to do that like that would be great um so keep an eye out for that segment of instagram glad um, yeah glad we're just workshopping the podcast and <laughs> yeah, everything yeah this is just on like the podcast. really just a behind the door behind closed doors meeting we're having right now um, and you can get more of that uh, on our pa- wait no we don't have a Patreon okay we haven't, not yet maybe <laughs> we should um, if uh, I I would say because he posted the picture of him reading All Star Superman and in the video that he released of him talking about it when he said the title Superman Legacy it showed the picture that is on the cover of All Star Superman I feel like that oh. is probably a lot of the, what he's like, going to That's take. a standard one with him like looking out into the sun like with his arms on his knees type thing. Uh yeah, he's like kind of sitting down and like yeah. head over the shoulder, yeah, looking yeah. back, yeah. Um uh so I I'm going to have to read that again. I I mentioned before like that's I've read it twice mm-hmm. and it hasn't like really hit me in a way that it has hit so many other people. So I feel like I got to give it a third chance and um really I was try to say that's always one of those seminal runs they point to. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Um, uh, Gunn mentioned he didn't say who the villain was. They didn't. There's no casting in any of this. They didn't mm-hmm. cast. They didn't mention casting for anybody. They didn't mention other characters really uh, too much. Um, he said, in contrast to Superman, he expects the villain of this movie to be evil, like crazy, crazy evil. Uh, he used. Uh, he compared whoever the villain is of this movie to. Uh, traditionally very evil characters in DC comics like gorilla grad and the Joker. So, um, uh, I think he's trying to balance out Superman's supposed to be the kindest person in the world. He's really trying to balance that out with a villain who is going to really challenge that aspect right. of Superman, which I think is interesting. Um, and smart. So that's the Superman movie. That's all we got on that. And then bam, right out of the gate, a deep cut. Yep. James Gunn surprise that I did. I would not have expected this in four ever in a million years. I would not have known. Do you know any? This is uh, this no, is gonna I, be a movie called The Authority. Steve, yeah. do you know anything about The Authority? I have zero idea whatsoever about The Authority. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I know very little about it, but <laughs> what I know is that um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how uh, James Gunn responded to an Instagram post. 
someone saying you don't have a deep enough bench to create an entire universe, which is an insane, stupid ass thing to say yeah. about DC. And he said between DC characters, Wildstorm and Milestone, we have enough. We have plenty of characters. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the authority oh, is originally. Oh, sorry. Is, never mind. I was going to say, is that are, are, were you in the middle of a quote? No, 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 no. I'm just I was. Oh, no, I was yeah, going to say paraphrasing. Uh, they're telling this to the guy who literally took the Guardians of the Galaxy and made yeah. them a main part of the the MCU. I know. Like, like what an what an idiot to to say that. It's clearly someone that just doesn't know anything about DC right. comics. It's like it's only watched the Snyder movies and thinks those are all the characters that exist. That's everybody, that, you know. Um, you know, uh, they've been making they've been making these books since 1938. Yeah. So <laughs> there's plenty of characters. And as always, anyway, for every one that Marvel has, DC has one too. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah. They always just go back and forth. Oh, you're yep. doing this. We'll do this. Yeah, is that successful? We'll do one of those. Oh, yep. that's successful. We'll do one of those. Um, I feel like Marvel did that when they set up shop. They're like, what are the ten most popular DC yep. characters right now? Okay, we'll do one of those. We'll do one of those. We'll do one of those. Yep. Uh, they got an Archer guy. Let's make an Archer guy. Um, uh, Wildstorm is a was a DC imprint created by Jim Lee, famed artist Jim Lee. Um, and they were like a spinoff. They, they eventually Wildstorm shut down and these characters were brought into the mainstream DCU. Um, but the authority are wild, are Wildstorm characters that believe the world is broken and needs to be fixed by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. So they are like, they are kind of like a little bit of gray area there. Um, I also know that there was a recent, uh, most recent run on Superman or a Superman story. Called, it was called Superman and the Authority, where he teamed up with the Authority oh. to like take out this planet War World, which is a recurring thing in DC Comics. Um, so uh, some key authority. My video just okay. Yeah, there go. you're back. Okay, I'm back. Uh, some key characters from the key characters from the Authority are Apollo and Midnighter. Um, Apollo is like sun powers. Midnighter is like a brutal, uh, beat him up, um, street level guy. Uh, they're also both gay and in a relationship. Um, the character of Grifter, Swift, Flint, Deathblow, and Engineer. I don't know anything about Deathblow, but I put it on there because that name is amazing. Seems very, very 90s. Very 90s. I, I was going to say, for, <laughs> for all of the like Marvel may have stole X, Y, or Z. They usually yeah. did it by making a better character names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. there's also uh, Tom Taylor uh, did a run on the Authority um, at Wildstorm, and then he actually has used some of these characters in his runs on, I think, Suicide Squad. He did a run on Suicide Squad and brought him in, and um, I believe uh, Flint has actually been in a couple of them. A couple of them showed up in Superman: Son of Kal-el. I believe. So uh, these characters have been around recently. Like I said, some of them showed up in a Superman run. Uh, as Grant Morrison wrote um, Superman and the Authority. And um, Wait, another Morrison? Because that, like, if Legacy was All-Star Superman, that's Morrison. And then yes. Morrison's written the Authority. Yeah, and, and then upcoming will be another Morrison, like a famous exactly, Morrison yes. run. He's taking a lot from Grant Morrison, and I think that's fine. I'm glad he likes Grant Morrison. I don't love Grant Morrison. I think Grant Morrison is okay. Yeah. Um, like his, uh, sorry, their uh, Doom Patrol run is excellent. It's like all time, but some of the other stuff I just think is 
I don't know. It's like it's like they try to do too much. It's almost like too busy or something. I don't know. I, I maybe. I but I, I you know I haven't read um, I haven't read Superman and the Authority, and I haven't read the next thing either. So, but I yeah. probably will. I know like his new X Men run, people were uh, mixed on. Mixed. On. I thought it was yeah. fine. Like it wasn't anything earth shattering, but it was. Yeah, I guess that's fine. what I. I nothing. Nothing. I've never read a thing by Grant Morrison that has completely blown me away and right. that I thought was excellent. But uh, I mean, no offense to them. Uh, well, maybe this more... will because it seems to be taking a bit of a different tone. Because you know we're, we're playing, yeah. especially with Gunn well, playing in that gray area, and he had a yeah. great quote. Uh, One of the things in the DCU is that it's not just a story of heroes and villains," said Gunn. Not every film and DC or TV show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy. Giant things from the sky comes and good guy wins. Uh, there's white hats, black hats, and gray hats, which that last part is perfect. I like that a lot yeah. um, because it it opens the it means they're thinking outside of the box. I, I guess as far as like a formulaic superhero movie, like mm-hmm. not everything has to be, you know, conflict, punch, punch, victory. <laughs> you know, um, and I think with a team like this. Uh, I, I saw shout out to um, another comics uh, talking head person, YouTuber, whatever you want to call it, comics influencer, Koi Jandro. I, I saw his reaction to this and he he made a, a good point that initially, since these characters were not part of DC continuity when they were created, they were created as a commentary on DC, like superheroes in mm-hmm. and like a mainstream um, continuity. So they were like, you know, these are like the gray area heroes. They're not playing by like the no kill rule or like the whatever rules yeah. of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. So they were like a commentary on these characters. Now they're together. So that's weird and makes for interesting. Like his, his, um, uh, Koi's, uh, comparison was that if it would be, it would be like if the boys existed within the MCU. Right. Yeah, or the boys existed within DC Comics. You know, yeah. that's probably more accurate because the boys is clearly a Justice League like yeah. um analog. But uh so I think that's what makes this really interesting is because they're not out to play by the rules of that Superman, you know, sets for himself or Batman sets for himself or whatever. So I feel like that's where we're gonna get some good conflicts out of these yeah. characters for sure. And it's one of those things where, like, I'm going to go into this with zero expectations and probably get blown away because I these characters, I'm familiar with some of them, like Apollo, Midnighter, and Grifter. I've read a few times, the other ones sparingly or never. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to go and be like, all right, show me an authority movie and be like, oh, well, this is great. I, I, you know, I'm not hanging my expectations too high. No, but it's going to be the same thing that happened with Guardians where... Exactly. There was no expectations. Yeah. There were probably... Mm-hmm dozens of us that knew the guardians existed uh yeah <laughs> yeah but, this is like yeah. this and the other thing are are similar are there's i would say on the same level of like depth as the guardians of the galaxy being pulled out of obscurity like the authority and the thing we're going to talk the tv show we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in a little bit are like wildly oh, the, like, other the, one the tv show even... is possibly further down yeah than guardians was on the scale of recognizable teams no um, uh, anyway, before we get there, um, let's go to something else recognizable. Let's go something that I will have expectations <laughs> yes. for. I will not be able to not have expectations. They're making a movie called 
the brave and the bold the brave and the bold is was a uh like a, a dc team-up book for like a long time um every once in a while they, they bring it back for another run uh it was recently used as the title of a batman animated cartoon batman the brave and the bold fittingly uh the brave and the bold movie is going to be a batman and robin movie oh my god so excited mm -hmm. saying that out loud so this makes me so happy based mm -hmm. on grant morrison and frank quietly's run on batman um so again i haven't read this i have read some batman by grant morrison again i think it's fine i think it's okay mm -hmm. um but it hasn't blown my mind but i probably will pick up this specific run uh just to read it it's going to feature now this is a spoiler for w at least one person that i know is probably listening to this and uh she is a friend of mine who only recently started friend of ours sorry who uh, only recently started reading comics and i have hooked her in on the bat family <laughs> in a big bad way yes and it's great because uh she doesn't know anything about these characters histories she was uh, I handed her uh, a, a death in the family and she was shocked that Jason Todd died. Like she just yep. didn't know that <laughs> was coming at all. Um, so this is a, a, a spoiler for her. And I'm sorry, Kate, but uh, the Robin to be featured is not Dick Grayson. It is not Jason Todd. It is not Tim Drake. It's not Stephanie Brown. That's a bit of a spoiler, too. It, uh, well, that's a pun. Sorry. Deep cut DC fans, you know how much of a pun I just referred to as Stephanie Brown as a spoiler. Hmm? You get it. You get it. Steve doesn't, but you guys do. Um, Damian Wayne. Damian Wayne will be the Robin. And why is that significant? Because Damian Wayne, as you might be able to tell by the last name, is Bruce Wayne's biological son. What? Mm. So. And also James Gunn's favorite Robin. James Gunn's favorite Robin uh, described him as a little son of a bitch, which I believe he is. He's like kind of like a, just a little shit, but he's kind of like a lovable little shit, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, not a little shit in the Jason Todd little shit way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he ends up uh, becoming very close with uh, Jonathan Kent, Superboy, um, and they have a wonderful uh, buddy relationship as well. Uh, this movie is going to be a... Uh, strange father and son story is what they said. And he also said that introdu introduces us to the DCU bat family. So using oh. the bat, saying the bat family means he's got plans for other characters. And the fact that you're jumping to Damien means that if you want, you can have all those other post, all those other, you know, Robins or sidekicks, team ups, whatever have you already exist. There can already be a Nightwing. There can already be, you know, Jason could have already died. There could already be a Tim Drake hanging out like that. Those could already be there already. Um, and that's exciting to me. Um, or you and who knows? Use, we, maybe we get a flashback to get. You could do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff's on yeah. the table. Um, and I don't know. I think I think it's great. I'm very excited by this, by the opportunity to have a specifically Batman and Robin movie because it gives us you know the way he, he was kind of talking about damien as like the protagonist of the movie like it more like a, one i can't remember what the quote i read but something i read made me think that oh is this damien's movie and batman is just like a secondary character because that would be interesting and to yeah. focus the movie on their a father-son relationship is a unique 
take for any Batman movie that we've seen so far. Um, it also gives us an older Bruce Wayne, old, certainly older than Robert Pattinson's version of Batman that'll be going on at the same time, which I think is smart. And um, hopefully, because this takes place in a larger DCU, I've mentioned this before, I would love for this Batman to be able to take on wackier, weirder, more mythical or more magic style villains. Like, it doesn't just have to be like Joker and Riddler and Catwoman. Like, give me Clayface. Give me Mr. Freeze. Give me the Mad Hatter. Like, mm -hmm. something like wild and crazy that makes sense in a big superhero world and maybe makes less sense for a grounded and gritty Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves, Batman, like Clayface doesn't really make sense in that world. You know, I can't see right. like if watching you, the Batman did and then that, being like, you would yeah. have to kind of like, I don't know, anthropomorphize him and it doesn't make sense for the character. Yeah, exactly. Like you'd have to make um, it a you, monster whose face was melted or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to ruin the character. Right, exactly. Um, you'd have to, to make Super to, Mario Brothers 1992. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I really like that. Uh, it's seeming. It's it's. I I like that it, they're seemingly setting it up to be so different than the Matt Reeves Robert Pattinson um, Batman universe. So very excited about that. Uh, two more movies. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Now, this is going to be, according to James Gunn, pretty much a straight adaptation of the uh, series written by Tom King and illustrated by uh, Bill Quist, El, uh, Evely. It came out last year, or it started in you know 2021 and ended in 2022. Yeah. This is a very recent story, very popular. He said it was one of his favorite comic stories that he read last year. Um, and I read a few issues. This is one that I was picking up for a little bit and it's like, I missed issue four or something. So I just fell off and I, I couldn't get it. So I, and I just haven't picked up the trade yet, but I plan to, especially now. Um, but the, from the issues I read, I say, this is a story about Supergirl traveling the galaxy to help a young girl who is seeking justice for crimes, um, that were perpetrated against like her planet and her people, and her family. Um, and it features Supergirl wielding a sword which I think is just straight up badass. Yeah. Um, had, uh, James Gunn. Tom King. Yes. And this is the one that Tom King, I mean, I guess he didn't specify this, but he wrote it. So I can only imagine that Tom King is being consulted at least or co-writing the script for this right. uh, adaption from his comic book. Um, uh, James Gunn said, we will see the difference between Superman who was sent to earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant versus Supergirl, who was raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, who and who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life and then come to Earth. She is much more hardcore and is not the Supergirl that we're used to. So this is a bit... I think this is closer to maybe her like original origin where she like literally witnessed... It's kind of... It was like, she was like almost raised on like... They say like a rock. It was almost like a moon of Krypton or like a meteor or something orbiting Krypton. So she literally watched it explode and saw all these people die that were her family. And then they figured out a way to get her to earth. So she was older when she left. Mm -hmm. um, but it took the journey took so long to get to earth and she was in suspended animation. So by the time she gets to earth, she appears to be younger than her cousin Kal-El, even though, she was born first. It's a whole thing. Gotcha. Um, but she so, she like did the full Leia Organa and like watched her planet explode. Yeah. Yes. 
Yep. Um, that's not always the case. Uh, sometimes the two rockets took off at the same time and hers just got like sucked through a wormhole. So it took her longer to get there mm. or it got there at the same time, but it was just like at the bottom of the ocean and nobody found it for like a long time. And she just stayed asleep. Um, but I think having her either, either way, it, it, it is a key difference between Supergirl and Superman where Superman. What's happening? Is that me or you? That's you. Do you hear that? Yeah. Oh my God. I'd assume an ad of some sort, but you got some chicken I had on the barbie. I had a tab open that started telling me about Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> that tab has been open for hours and made zero noise. <laughs> that uh, that. I don't know why it chose right now to start acting up. It's insane. Oh God. I anyway, lo- I love our random outtakes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jeez. Um, was I saying? Oh yeah. It is a. Cl- it, it's always a clear difference between. Um, uh, Superman and Supergirl, where Superman left Krypton as an infant and has no memories of it himself. Uh, Kara w- became was there for 14 years, was a teenager, grew up on Krypton and remembers her family, remembers what it was like, remembers her life there. So the description of the destruction of Krypton kind of haunts her in a different way because she has a memory of her. Superman just respects it, but doesn't have a physical memory of growing up there because he didn't. Um, so I think that's cool that they're adapting a comic book straight up. Yeah. Um, and that he's, I hope he does more of this. Like, I hope, um, I remember when like Suicide Squad came out, there was like trailers and at the end of the trailers, they said, read these comics or like Suicide Squad comics from DC Comics published. You know, they said like a shout out to the comics, even doing this and saying like, I'm doing this because I loved this book, like giving people like, here, go read this. Right. You know what I mean? Like direct us back to comics please because as we said didn't we was there some like marvel report where like marvel this was, oh this was like a long time ago but like marvel collected and editions and trades were like way down like they weren't in the top like 10 sellers right. of like yeah. books or something yeah, like we that got and the, we were like why like does after... so many people go see these movies and no one reads the books like what is going on right so like, these books I think have all... an even longer history of these other stories that are usually like there's Plenty of runs that are much better than the book or the movies they adapt. Yeah, I think all I think if you're making a superhero movie, you should be public about what comics influenced it and suggest people go read them. So yeah. um, I think that's super cool. Uh, the last movie announced, I is the least amount of information about it, but I am out of, of my mind I'm excited most about excited it. For what'd you say? I said, and one of the ones I'm most excited for. Swamp Thing. They're making a Swamp Thing movie. He says it's going to be a dark horror film exploring the origins of the character of Swamp Thing, and I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Love that character, and I love that they did a show in 2019. They did one season of it. It canceled. The show was great because the show was like an R-rated horror thing. I hope that this is also an R-rated horror thing. It's great. I'm very excited about it, and certainly is a tone that is going to be wildly different from any of those other movies that we just talked about, like swamp thing being a dark horror film like how is that gonna how is he gonna team up with batman when they meet in whatever crossover thing you know um and speaking of batman you were right steve he did touch on the batman um sequel which apparently is officially called the batman part two not not the most inventive title um you know whatever you know not everything um, needs a fancy one, I guess, when it's the Batman. It's like 
the fir- when the first one was titled The Batman, you pretty yeah. much knew you weren't going for, you know, flashy titles. Yeah, I guess not. Um, also, like, how many inventive Batman movie titles can you come up with before? Like, uh, The Brave and the Bold, that's cool. The, like, the word Batman is not in the name of that movie. Like, yeah. that's great. I love it. Um, uh, and the Batman Part 2, they uh, said there's a date for it. It's coming out October 3rd, 2025. So only a couple, mo- couple months after we're getting a new Superman movie, we're getting a sequel to the Batman. So that'd be cool. Moving into oh, you know the TV series that have been announced. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just... My my brain went and tangented off your rant about the like them telling you about the books and what books to read. Yeah, yeah. And it got me thinking about half of the Marvel ones that have done that, where the ones they refer to aren't even <laughs> remotely like pertinent to. Oh yeah. Like, like I get Days of Future Past, yes. Uh, Apocalypse, uh, not as much. <laughs> yeah. Even like Civil Captain America Civil War, like that story is wildly different. Completely than the different. Version. Yeah. Well. And you know, I and you know, we can't say that this Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow isn't going to be different than the book. I'm sure it's going to be different than the book in some ways. Right. But it's, you know, um, I don't know. An adaptation is an adaptation. Things are going to change. Mm-hmm. But regardless, direct us towards comics. Um. But maybe not too much because Steve and I are going to start this cool Instagram thing. Yeah. And we want people to come to us. So, uh, when talking about the TV series, they made sure to specify that they're not treating the series as any, like anything lesser than the films. Uh, they said, quote, just another way to tell a story. And they, uh, specified that actors from the shows will appear in the films and vice versa. So this isn't going to be a thing where they are separate. They are part of the story. They are integral to the story. If there's a Green Lantern in a show, it's going to be the Green Lantern in the movies. So, Steve, let's talk about this other insane (laughs) deep cut, uh, which is going to be the first project that we see from James Gunn's DCU. It's already in production. It is an animated series called Creature Commandos. (laughs) And this, this was the first thing he mentioned... And this I was, the first, I was sitting there. I was like, I have less than no clue what this is. Like, did you look at the uh, the image that they showed? Yeah, they had up on the screen, which I think is a production still. They didn't specify that, but I think that is what the characters will actually look like. It's kind of got an invincible meets. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have it up in of, front of you right now? Yeah. Yep. Um, do you recognize any of those characters? Nope. No. Oh. Yes, uh, Weasel. The uh, no other characters look familiar to you, just in general, like general life. Like the ones. What that, about that? The ones that all look what, like Marvel characters. What about the big green guy in the back? Uh, is this a trick? Question? What does that look like? No, it's not a trick question. He's stitched up, got bolts on his head. Yeah, Frankenstein. That is Frankenstein. <laughs> Okay. That is the Frankenstein monster. See that woman standing in front of him? Yeah. With the hair? Yeah. That is the bride of Frankenstein. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is a, this Sorry, is weird. I'm just laughing. Uh yeah, there uh, Eric, DC Eric um, Frankenstein. Yes, there's yes, Frankenstein's monster is, is going to be a part Eric. of the DC you. Yep. Frankenstein's monster is named Eric. Come on. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know why he's called Eric. I noticed that too. 
So yeah, in the 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 picture that was released, um, the seems like the main cast is Rick Flag. Oh, okay, senior. that's Rick Flag. Well, Rick Flag's yeah, dad. senior. So the father of the flag that we saw in Suicide Squad, uh, Nina Marzuski, Doctor Phosphorus is a villain that I know of. Eric Frankenstein. I don't know why he's called Eric Frankenstein. GI Robot and Weasel. Weasel is also in Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and confirmed that the leader of the team will be the Bride of Frankenstein. Now, this I'm just making me laugh a lot because, uh, yes, Disney or not Disney, DC Comics. Uh, has Frankenstein show up every once in a while. Sometimes he's got his own, he's had, he's had his own run. He's had his own series yeah. of Frankenstein or whatever. And he's been huh. on a, he's had his own monster team before, but you're telling me now. Okay. Uh, so he said, uh, he also, because this is part of the reason that I'm going to get into in a second. They're, they're looking to cast people to do the voices, char- characters that will, Actors will be able to do the voice and also portray the characters in live action. So, you know, like uh, Lucasfilm has been doing with like Clone Wars actors, if they can get right. them to do the live uh, action version that they will. So that's telling me that there is a DC team up movie in my future, which will feature Superman and Frankenstein <laughs> and the same team, I think is hilarious. Yeah, and when you why? asked me that, it confused the hell out of me because when I you, know. <laughs> if you pull up this image, you see what looks to be Omni Man on the left from Invincible, which is yep. Rick Flag Senior. <laughs> That's true. And then uh, two in, like this possible do- Ghost Rider. Yeah, Doctor Phosphorus looked like Ghost Rider standing next to the Hulk <laughs> of Frankenstein because he's yeah. green, and I'm just like, green. This is a trick question. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> You're Frankenstein. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then the robot uh, Frankenstein. Uh, Frankenstein like, also has connections to Swamp Thing oh, in okay. the in continuity. It's a and, green and, thing, you know, isn't it? I, yeah, yeah, because they're both green. Yeah, yeah they're buddies. Um, it's not easy being green. They, uh, I mean, this chapter is called Gods and Monsters. Gods, I, they're no, talking about. Hold on, I now need the complete crossover of Swamp Thing, <laughs> Frankenstein, and Kermit <laughs> sitting in a swamp, <laughs> just singing. Oh man. Uh, Have you seen that original Muppet movie that starts with uh, Kermit singing Rainbow Connection yeah, in like a yep. swamp? How amazing would it be if Swamp Thing just came out <laughs> of the back and like joined him for the final chorus? You see Swamp Thing and Man Thing just come up and like <laughs> singing over his shoulders. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Make that. I guess they'd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it would have to be Man Thing. Because they're all owned. Oh by yeah, the they same they are owned by Disney, company. so they could yeah, do they could do so, that with Man Thing. Yeah, but. so instead of Frankenstein and Swamp Thing, it's Man Thing and the Hulk. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Man. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein are um, they exist in DC Comics continuity, and apparently they're going to exist in the DCU continuity as well. And I'm excited about that. I, you know, it, you know, Jay, I feel I feel like James Gunn knows what he's doing. He, I'm sure. Frankenstein isn't going to show up in Superman Legacy, but uh, you know he may show up in Swamp Thing or something. Or if they continue down the road, it, like I was about to say, it was called it's called Gods and Monsters, and so they're giving us they're delivering on those monsters uh, for sure, which I'm excited about. Uh, so Creature Commandos is an animated series that's already in production. That's going to be the first thing that we see. The second thing that we see, um, 
before any of the movies. The Superman Legacy is going to be the first movie that we see, and that's not until 2025. So, assumedly, Creature Commandos and this next one is going to come out probably 2024, I can't imagine. I mean, I guess it could be late 2023, but you'd think they'd already have a date right? if that was the case. So, um, uh, this is something we heard rumored a while ago, but Waller, a series um, about Amanda Waller, spinning out of the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker Season 1. Viola Davis is confirmed to be returning as Amanda Waller. I mean, that's just, like, such perfect casting. I I can't imagine you wanting to get rid of Viola. She's an Oscar-winning actress, and she's playing such a strong character and such a great interpretation of that character. Yes, bring her back. Amazing. Um, she's going to be leading the series. It's going to take place between Peacemaker Season 1 and Peacemaker Season 2, which we did not hear anything about. We did not hear anything about Peacemaker Season 2. And I'm not sure why. Well, they said there's going to be more announcements coming down. They probably want to get this out of the way because it's coming out before Peacemaker Season 2. Um, but anyway, but characters from the Peacemaker team will appear on that show. And this series is being worked on by Crystal Henry, who wrote on Watchmen and Jeremy Carver of Doom Patrol. So um, this one is one I'm very excited about. Very excited about it. So this is the book of Amanda Waller. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And uh, the image that they showed when in the video, uh, James Gunn's video, when they talked about this was her being led away in handcuffs, which kind of ties into the end of Peacemaker season one spoilers for that show where um, her daughter kind of outed right. the task force X and like the operations of the Suicide Squad. And so she's probably going to be getting in some trouble. Um, that's probably where this show is going to spin off. And I've somehow forgotten her character and the actor's name. And all I can think of is Tasty from Orange is the New Black. Uh, yeah, I it was like right on the tip of my tongue until you said "tasty" from Orange Is New Black. Then I just threw it for you. Think yep. about too. Um, yeah, and I don't rewatch a f- lot of shows, but I should rewatch Peacemaker. That's, yeah, I would like to see that again. Oh god, that was so good. So you could just watch the the intro on repeat. Yeah, that's enough, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I really need. Were you about oh. to say something before I moved on? Probably. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, we were both right on the next one in that yes. they did announce uh, that joining the slate will be not one, but two Green Lanterns uh, with the series Lanterns starring both Hale Jordan and Jon Stewart. Hell yeah. Um, now, this is another show I've never seen, but everyone in the world tells me at least how season one is incredible. Yeah, They're same. compared this show Lanterns to True Detective. So saying this is a true detective style mystery show. James Gunn said it's a terrestrial based mystery, which I assume means earth based, um, that leads into the overall story that we're telling an ancient horror on earth. They're like intergalactic super cops working in precinct earth to discover a dark mystery. So I can't imagine that we're not going to get any space stuff at all, like at least to set up the fact that they are space cops and they come from. You know, their rings right. come from an alien race or whatever. Well, like, it did, seems like they did have mention, to at least touch on that. I think he did mention that other lanterns would show up. So He did, yeah. He said there might be a few other lanterns that uh, show up, but Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart are going to be the main two, and I think those are perfect choices. Um, And, yeah, it seems like this is going to be kind of the basis for whatever grows into the bigger, um, bigger conflict yeah. that they're um, building towards. So I am definitely down for that. Sounds wonderful. Uh, something else that sounds wonderful, and man, this pitch is like, not, you you could give me a one-sentence pitch on this, and I would be like, that's a home run out of the park. 
um, a show called Paradise Lost, which here, here's the sentence you would have to tell me to sell me on this. Uh, it's Game of Thrones that takes place on Themyscira. Right. That's basically that's what they literally are saying. Game of Thrones. It says it's a Wonder Woman prequel series. It takes place before the Wonder Woman movies or before uh, Diana's even born, I believe. Uh, it takes place on Themyscira, exploring the genesis of that society and the political games that they kind of play with each other to get to the top in the style of Game of Thrones. That's not. I mean, that's like me summarizing what I read about it, but yeah. No, that's that's you, the gist of what they dropped on it, and it. Yeah, it seems all you gotta tell me is, yeah, Themyscira Game of Thrones, and I'm in 100%. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Now, um, I guess how much backstory is there on that, or are they freewheeling on something like this? Um, I know that there has been a lot written about the history. Um, I mean, just recently there's been a, a series of, like, um, Wonder Woman Historia okay. about, uh, I believe it's about the Amazons as a culture. Um, and there's also been, you know, like, Gail Simone's run on Wonder Woman uh it it's kind of like her the origin of her birth specifically but it does touch on like how the island was run and who was in charge and other forces that maybe thought that they shouldn't be in charge so like there are there's definitely like things they can dive into i'm not sure how long i don't know how many seasons they could get out of it but you know if they start freewheeling then i'm sure they can go yeah in anywhere it's not like i don't think that stuff is so cemented in canon that fans are going to erupt if they don't nailed you, you know, obviously the, haven't seen fandom well yeah of course they'll look for anything to get upset about but um i we think didn't watch to me this, this wonder woman movie but you're making it the wrong way yeah yeah exactly i am uh i don't know this seems like a slam dunk yeah. <laughs> to me i gotta say um and um yeah if they can pull finally off how they're pitching oh, it then yeah yeah exactly and i mean hbo they know how to make a game of thrones because they're sure. the ones that make game of thrones so as long as they're throwing the right amount of money at this, then I think... And we also know no. they know how to make a, a horror movie based on a video game, because holy shit. Man, God. God, yes. Yeah, right. if, if you haven't watched The Last of Us... Quick shout at, out for at The least, Last of Us. Yeah, at least make it to see your episode three, because that was some of the... Literally the best television I've ever watched. Episode Yes, episode three of The Last of Us is one of the greatest episodes of television I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. And it's so, nothing like what you would expect after watching the first it's two. Exactly. Um, I, I got emotional multiple times, yeah. multiple times during that show, during that. It was like, it was long, too. It was like over an hour. It was hour, like an hour and 20 right? minutes like or something. Hour. Yeah, since, oh, so good. Incredible. Like, I don't know when the Emmys are, Yeah, but... They better remember this show whenever the Emmys come around, because goddamn, goddamn. Um, well, speaking last. of something that is definitely not going to win an Emmy. <laughs> hey, you don't know that. You haven't seen it uh, yet. True. I'm just by the way they're much like Paradise Lost. How they're pitching it is uh, doesn't seem like normal Emmy material. <laughs> not nah, well. I don't know. I I might have even said on this podcast. I think that this character is. It's insane that they haven't been utilized more in movies and TV. Yeah. I think that he showed up in Smallville. He's been in the cartoons. You called but... for it on Sunday. What's that? You did call this on Sunday. Did I say this on yep. Sunday? Oh, good for me. Patting myself on the back. <laughs> um, Booster Gold. They're making a Booster Gold series. Um, now, 
the description that James Gunn gives us, uh, James, uh, Booster Gold is a loser from the future who steals future technology to travel back in time and become a superhero. It's basically imposter syndrome as a superhero. That's how James Gunn describes it. Um, uh, yeah, Booster Gold is somebody, I think, uh, canonically, he's like a football player in the 25th century who gets injured or can't play anymore, and he learns about how, you know, back in the 21st century, there was all these uh, superheroes, the golden age of superheroes flying around and saving people. And he's like, oh, we got all this technology here in the future. If I steal this and go back in time, I could be one of those superheroes and be famous. And so, like, it's very much um, Iron Man 1, Tony Stark kind of vibes of, like, I'm just in this for, like, the fame and the money and aren't I super cool? And mm -hmm. But throughout his journey, he's got to learn what it means to be a real hero. He's got to learn the importance of, you know, um, looking out for other people and all that kind of stuff. So like, there's a great character arc in there. Um, and that's just his story. Like that's his, yeah. that's just his origin story. And that's like a tremendous arc for a series or a movie. And I am so excited and shout out to my, um, partner in comic book making Riley McFarlane who refers to Booster Gold as her son. She loves him unconditionally so much, so much, so much. So she's very excited as well, as am I, because, like I said, very underutilized character, very fun, very funny. Also has a canonical best friend um, in Blue Beetle. Not uh, the Jaime Reyes version, but the Ted Cord version. And if it's rumor, uh, if the rumors are true that Ted Cord is going to appear in the Blue Beetle movie, then, then you got your Ted Cord and you're getting your Booster Gold, so... Let's get some blue and gold action going. That's all I'm saying. There you go. So there we go. That's it, everybody. That is all the information that we have to pass on to you, the listener. Um, Steve, give me some highlights. As far as this slate goes, what is most appealing to you? What are you most excited about from these movies and shows? Uh, give me a couple. Give you one one of each. Sure. Yeah. Um. TV series, I really want to say Creature Commandos, but it's probably got to be Lanterns just to see what they're going to do with it. Um, I know. Paradise Lost, I just worry that they're not going to pull off the hype that they're putting into it by saying, you know, in the style of Game of Thrones. Yeah, comparing it to one of the most famous television shows of all time. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then movies, it should be Swamp Thing, but it's probably Brave and Bold. I know. I mean, this is... I mean, you're asking me to, you know, pick between... Right. Just all the loves of my life. So it's very hard. Um, honestly, for movies, I think it's Superman just because like it's been so long. Like I loved Henry Cavill as Superman, but I didn't think the movies really suited the character as no. much as they should have. And it seems like they're really doing their best to fix that. So I'm just really excited about being able to see a Superman movie that I uh, believe in. Obviously, I'm excited for Brave and the Bold and Supergirl and Swamp Thing at the same time. Kevin um, was definitely as as... the right Superman in the wrong movies. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, I think I will also go with Lanterns or Booster Gold just because I love Booster Gold as a character. But, um, you know, I've been I've loved Green Lantern since I was four <laughs> or whatever. So, like to see a, a good version of Green Lantern in live action um, will be very exciting for me. So, yeah. So there it is. Any final thoughts? Any uh, Anything else? I mean, we've been talking a long time, but is there anything that you want to comment on? Or No, it's kind of funny. I, like, going into this, I don't know if I actually... The hype meter had rose for what was coming and then fell back down, I think, for me. 
uh, initially, like before we like before because it the, took so before long. it was revealed. <laughs> it was almost yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, they're doing something. It's kind of great, and then. Um, yeah, we just kept talking about it week after oh, yeah. week, spinning our wheels like, okay, talk about with, these rumors. Right. With this, I was talking to I was talking to another one of my friends, and he's like, well, they they didn't really announce a direction. They just announced everything. Like, there was no... And it's like, yeah, but it kind of works for this. And they're yeah. trying to lay the groundwork. And I think it'll be... I, I think it, it, it looks like it'll be what we were hoping, where it's it's not just the A-listers, it's fleshing out a bunch of stuff and yeah. can get weird and wonky, and why not? Yeah, they referred to um, they referred to having diamond characters, I think is what the phrase they used, mm-hmm. like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman being their diamond characters, and uh, they wanted to make sure they were utilizing them, but also utilizing them to pick up their other characters, like the lesser-known characters, and make the lesser-known characters diamond characters um so i think i think you're right i think they're um i think this is a good mix of recognizable less recognizable and not recognizable at all um and don't forget tell your friend this is not everything they made it clear this is not all of even chapter one right um this is an eight i guess they didn't say how they said their plan is from eight to ten years i don't know if eight to ten years is all of chapter one um, but I think one of the articles I read said they were looking at maybe like two movies and two shows a year. So they're not even like doing the Marvel like three to four. Like they're they're pacing themselves in a way that I think is going right. to benefit them. Which they probably should. We've talked yes. about it on this show enough how burnout is a real thing. Yeah, and they talked about in the... the um, I guess I didn't include this on the, the rundown, but um, I think I mentioned it earlier, they, how they talked about how um, did I tell you, I did we talk about how he took a shot at Marvel about no. having moved? Oh, um, he mentioned something about he didn't say Marvel specifically, but he said something like movies today aren't as good as they used to be because they're just trying to hit a date and they start shooting before the script is finished, before they have a third act. And so you get to the third act of the movie and no one knows what's going on because they wrote it, you know, yesterday. That is a shot at Marvel. <laughs> because yeah. Marvel's been criticized for that. Marvel, admittedly, actors have said, we started shooting before the script was done. Like, that's something that they have to do in order to hit their yeah. dates. And um, it really seems like they're going for a quality over quantity approach, which I think is great. Oh, yeah, that 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 remark was in, in a response to a question about superhero fatigue. And they said, I don't think it's superhero fatigue. I think it's bad movie fatigue. I think if you are giving people a good product, then they'll keep watching it. But because of the rushed, because they're hitting dates over, you know, because it's been a quantity over quality thing, seemingly. Um, so I, I kind of believe in that. And I'm excited for this. Like, I, I think I said a few weeks ago, like, I hope 10 years from now, I'm sick of all the DC stuff that's in my face that I have to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of am getting with the Marvel stuff. But um you know, if they're if they're pacing themselves, it might take more than ten years for me to get um, start feeling tired of it. So we'll see. We will see. And that's it. I think that's all we got, people. It's everything. Yeah. No. Did we talk long enough. Hour uh, and a half. Hour and seventeen. You know, we're we're oh, there. Okay, that's better. Um, that's better. So after an hour and seventeen of hearing about DC things, uh, feel free to like, subscribe, and let us know if you want to hear more about DC things or if we should shut the hell up about that. Uh, <laughs> 
at... I can't imagine there's going to be any huge DC news next week. <laughs> so next right. week might I be think... our first week in a while without any DC updates. Yeah, most of most of the cat is out of the bag at this juncture, I think. Yeah. So um, yep. outside of Flash Watch, we may be we may be clear sailing. <laughs> um, yep. So yeah, like, subscribe, let us know, uh, let us know what you're thinking. The Multiverse Report on the socials, uh, multiverseport at gmail.com, themultiverseport.com. Um, yeah, you know, like, subscribe, leave us a review. Yeah, we'll, In- Instagram, yeah. Twitter, all that good stuff. Hit us Absolutely. up. Um, so that's it. Check, check and... out our new Instagram story thing, whatever we're doing. Yeah, maybe we'll start doing a... Um, yeah, you know, I got some time this week. Maybe I'll be able to do some uh, Instagram stories about what to read to catch up um, in time for. I mean, in time, you have years before some a lot of these are coming right. out. Um, in the next two years, take a look at these movies or these yeah, books. Yeah, read these two issues in the next sometime in the next three years. Yep. Um, but anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we will see you in the multiverse. <laughs>